this is Nadia with Be The Boss Podcast. On our podcast, we talk about how to become your own boss physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That's right. On Be The Boss Podcast, you can reach out with your questions and topics, and we'll talk about it. In other words, you reach, I teach. So make sure you write in and leave your comments below. You don't got to be the man. But you can always be the boss. boss. Sorry? We're in Logic. GarageBand. GarageBand. This GarageBand looks just like Logic. Logic's little brother. Wow. Yeah, but <laughs> Apple was like, oh, let's make a real one. And Logic was invented. <laughs> Did they really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the same, like, base. Um, all right. Three, two, one. Good morning, Tampa, Florida. It's your host, the anime, and the lovely co-host. Naughty Light. Naughty Light. We are here live somewhere special. We're actually at Stereogram with one of St. Pete and I would say Tampa as well's premier engineers, Sonola. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> he's also an artist, he's also in a band, he's probably in movies. I don't know. The guy's interesting. So this is a great interview, one of my favorite ones, I'm pretty sure, because he's a dear friend of mine and we actually make music together as well. So Sonola, now that we have you in the building, let us begin. Uh, tell us about yourself, man. Where are you from? Cool. Yeah. Uh, I was born in West Palm Beach, Florida. Word. I grew up around there in the Jupiter area, mm-hmm. which is pretty much east coast of Florida, hour and a half north of Miami. That's the easiest way to explain it to people. Uh, yeah, so grew up there, played music from an early age. My mom got me into a lot of uh, piano lessons. I was in breakdancing lessons at like four, five, six years old. She was like super adamant about that kind of stuff. And uh, I was around it enough, I think, just to develop like a love for it from that situation. And so, uh, yeah, I just grew up, kept playing it, played a lot of punk metal and ended up keep just still doing it. (laughs) That's awesome. So let me ask you something, man. How would you like you have so many hats, you do so many things. How do you identify yourself? Like, like, what kind of are you an artist? Are you a engineer? Like, uh, how would you describe yourself as like someone that gets bored very quickly very. with what they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> ADHD is a real thing, folks. Don't skip. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I would, uh, I would say artist. I like that's that's I think my like primary thing. The engineering has come from the side effect of when I was a kid wanting to record. And I didn't have enough money to go to studios, so I found out that I could do it on a computer. And so, like, everything in that room is, like, I had, like, the bare minimum, and I was doing records with that for years. Like, laptop, no interface even. I would use, like, the computer mic for a while, honestly, (laughs) on, like, the really, really... I still have recordings from, like, that era of my life. And so all of this stuff is, like, tiny steps, and eventually... I just learned how to produce from wanting to make my music sound like the music that I listened to. Um, and then people started asking me to record their stuff. I'll never forget, like, the first big one I had was this punk band called Centuries in West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> Dudes were like, I must have been 14 at the time, and they were for sure 19 or 20, so I was like, this is a big fucking deal. Like, <laughs> I can't fuck this up. And I'd never done it before, but I, ha- I always had the mentality of, like, of course I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I love punk music. Of course I know how to. Do, I know how to do that. I've listened to punk music, that whole thing. So, I did that, and they came to me because they had heard something from a friend that I did, I guess, or whatever it was. But at a certain point, people just kept coming to me, like asking for help on their music, and so uh, I would say like the engineering and the producer hat came as a residual effect of me just wanting to make music and using the resources that I had. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, start Came early. Out, out of necessity, man. Yes, sir. Let me ask you this. How would you describe, you know, your style of music? <laughs> uh, chaos? <laughs> I've had chaos? people say that a lot. I've had a lot of people say that when I make stuff. They're like, oh, your style is way more chaotic than X, Y, Z, whatever. You know how I would describe yours? Cause Please. I don't think, well, the songs I heard, I, I don't think they're chaotic. But when I watch you play them, it is chaos. It's like chaos and play. When I see you play the drums and like <laughs> you're wearing a ma- oh by the way, so he's in a band called King Complex as, as well, and they were a mess. So you don't see his face, 
but I imagine your eyes aren't even open when you're playing. Not. Your head's tilted up, first of all, so you're not even looking down at the drums, and you're just wailing away in, like, melody. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's, it's the most... I love to see that. When I saw it the first time, I'm like, every show this guy has, I'm going to watch it. Oh, like, thanks, man. So it's like chaos, but not... It's like chaos in play. That's how I describe it. Cool. Like your style or something. Yeah, I think that's, like, the... That's the part of it that I want. Like, that's the part of it that's fun and attractive to me. Mm -hmm. And especially after having... So those tracks, like, we, we produce and we've released the mu most of the music that we're playing at live shows at the King Complex. So mm -hmm. I've done the organizational part already, and now I can finally have fun with it. Play. So it's also, like, a release, I think, from, like, being cooped up in the studio and, like, this has got to be right, it's got to be right, it's got to be right. And now, finally, like, it's done, it's in the world, and I can just play around it live. And I know my bandmate, Bratcher, has the same view. It's like, the parts are the parts on the recording, but we did that. So now we can do whatever <laughs> and have fun. Do, so. do you have a, I would say, actually, I want to change, I want to ask you two questions. Okay. Do you have a message behind your music? First question. <laughs> uh, you've... Like, one, like, overlying message yeah, behind like all of it? Yeah, like, summed up like angle for you or the second question which I think is probably the better question is do you have a philosophy about your art and music like what is your philosophy on like life I guess I don't know that there's one because honestly like the I feel more more grounded than I ever have in my life but I can emotionally fluctuate very easily depending on my surroundings, like, mm. more easily than most people I've noticed, at least in my life, which is great in certain things. It keeps me away from negative energy, and it allows me to be more around positive energy. I can also be too hypervigilant when I feel something, and it can send me into, like, thinking things that aren't necessarily rooted in reality <laughs> that <laughs> makes any sense um, so I think that what was the ending question with what you said I have me thinking about a few things in life or about your art and you kind of just describe what mine's kind of is yeah I mean I, I think a lot of it is, is like the release of that and like mm -hmm. so when I'm writing music I think what I'm really doing is like I, I'm releasing emotion and I'm also understanding whatever the situation is that I'm that I'm talking I'm reflecting right on like whatever it is that I'm thinking of or talking about mm -hmm. but I don't know that there's an overlying message other than like there's a lot of ways in which I don't like the world and I see the potential for it to be something really beautiful and I think that, like, my little mission in my head, like, as I'm making music, not to sound, like, too, like, this is what I'm doing, because, like, it's not that, but, like, I do think music is healing, and I think it's really powerful. And what I would like to do is, in whatever little way I can, like, push people and society towards the potential that I see in the world that is not necessarily there right now. Mm. If that makes any That's sense. Amazing. Okay. Wow. It's beautiful. Cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I have a um, a side question. I know with your studio, you work with a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. What? Who are some of the artists you work with? I work with some of my favorite people in the world. Uh, <laughs> there's gonna be no way to say all yeah. everyone's names, but uh, Flip Turn, fucking killing it right now okay. they just played a show with rainbow kitten surprise in front of like four thousand people like sold out audience wow. it looked wow. crazy they got they just got off of a almost sold out completely it might have been completely sold out tour with will dorado i think i'm wow. probably saying that wrong but uh they're killing it so it was i got to do up until their most recent release which sounds incredible they did with this dude out in la and it's mm. amazing uh, i had done their three releases leading up to that and it was just a great time just super like-minded, gentle people to, to work with. That's awesome. Uh, they're great. I just finished a record with a really, like, dark psych rock, I would say, pop-influenced band called Pleasures. 
uh, that's local. Love their stuff. I get to work with the anime, which has a hyphen oh. between the A-N and the dash. <laughs> just found out. Uh, that's amazing. My homie Jorge Alvarez is so good, and we're like writing music together now. After having been in there like producing for him, I was like, no, no, no. We gotta, we gotta make stuff. Uh, so that happens too, where like I'll, yeah. I'll be hired as a producer for mm-hmm. something, and then I end up being like, I'll no, try. I want to be a part of this so there's so many but it's a lot of like indie rock psych rock and hip-hop stuff for whatever reason so nice little mix there that's very cool what has been like your favorite project to ever work on like throughout your whole like career or most fulfilling (laughs) or inspiring uh It's like the which kid's your favorite question, you know what I That's mean? That's a they're, deep question, yeah. They're, they're all like, can I keep that in the back of my gave mind? Yeah. We keep going? They all give you something different most times, right? They do, and it's like, <laughs> what might have been like super fulfilling and exciting at one time <laughs> might have been that way for not the best reasons, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then my priorities change as I get older and you end up valuing things differently and, and stuff like that. I'll say, though, I mentioned them already, so it's it's just a way to, to move forward, I think, but the Pleasures record that I did was really cool because it felt like manifestation more than most. I remembered seeing them. They were like one of, still are, I think they've maybe disbanded. They live in different places now since COVID and things like this, but they were my favorite local band that I had ever seen. And, you know, if you saw the live show, like drummer shredding, my homegirl Catherine on vocals and guitar and doing crazy, like, electronic stuff. Riley on synths doing sick shit and Morgan playing super hypnotic, like, really low-key bass lines. And that's, like, what's holding down the foundation for everything else to be explosive and wild and like their energies collided so fucking coolly and perfectly and i remember seeing them at the bends and they played a song called cherry crush and in my head watching them play it i swear to god i went if they don't have anyone working on that yet i'm gonna work on it and months later complete coincidence their drummer roger was djing an art event that i went to we started talking and i said hey man you guys have this song, and I love it. Are you working with anyone yet? And he's like, dude, actually, no. And we just finished like recording it ourselves, but we're looking for someone to produce it. And I said, cool, send it to me. No money up front. If you guys like what I do, we'll go from there. But I would fucking... I told him, I was like, I saw you guys at the Benz and the Thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> like, I explained the whole thing again. And so two years later, it was not a short amount of time, but they just came over here like a couple weeks ago, and it's a nine-song record, and we sat down and did all the final mixes That's on the amazing. record. So that one was really cool and meant a lot just because I admired them as musicians before yeah. working with them. I had that moment of like, oh, my God, I really could this. And then it actually happened. So that was pretty cool. Manifestation is real. There's nothing better than being a fan of, like, your client. You know what I mean? Like, you really respect them as an artist, and then you get to work with them. It's like, dang, like, it's like a, a twofer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more it fulfilling, is. I bet. It is, and it's it's weird. Like, I feel so lucky to feel like that. <laughs> like, the people that pay me for my time are people that I admire. Mm. Like, I've had, I feel like the opposite happened <laughs> most of my life, so it's... <laughs> It's, like, crazy feeling a lot of the time. That's awesome. Was yeah. there a time when that started happening? Was there, like, a mindset shift that you had? Or mm-hmm. did it just happen? With, like, producing more? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I I mentioned a little bit, grew up playing punk and metal music all through high school. Got all my aggression out. And then <laughs> I ended up going to FSU, and I studied classical guitar performance and music education for... took five years to get that degree about. Um, and moved here right after that and taught special needs music for about three and a half four years total loved it fell in love with the kids it was a lot i mentioned being emotionally sensitive and it was a very emotionally sensitive environment there was some violence and things that were difficult for me to deal with on a daily basis uh, in that way so after 
studying so long and thinking, this is what I'll do. I'll take music and I'll help children and all of this will come together and I can better the world and all of this. I was sitting there like, this is not it. This is not it. <laughs> and I would also be on lunch breaks, like listening to my band's mixes and taking notes about what I was going to do once I got home. Like that's always been the thing I really wanted to do was like just put really dope shit out into the world all of the time. And it often has felt like a hindrance when I can't do that, but I still find some way to like, I'll just listen on my phone and like write down oh. shit, the bass should be up, the snare reverb in the second verse is not hitting right, we should throw it to the left, like whatever the, it could be. Um, but yeah, so after teaching for long enough and going, okay, this is not it, I don't think I can do this for my whole life, I was like, well, I need to make money to live, right? Money. I, I moved, Same money. Yeah, right? We all need it. We need it. I moved here with, I think it was like $1,500 in my bank account, which was enough for two months of rent where I was living at the time, so I had to get my shit together real quick, and I got that teaching job, saved enough money to look at my finances and go like, okay, what do I do? What do I like doing? And like, what can I actually make money from? And I had always done the studio thing as like a side hustle along with whatever job I had, but I've been producing records since I was like 13 or 14 years old continuously to some extent. But I never was like, this is the thing I'll do. And it kept happening for so long. And then the school thing did not end up being what I thought it was going to be. And I was like, well, fuck, what if I just tried actually doing the production studio thing as a business? Could that work? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I have enough to try for a year, basically, and see like how it goes. And it's been five years now, four or five years, and I really, really hope to never do anything else. <laughs> it's like, I, I found it and I landed yeah. it, but awesome. it came with a lot of like, this doesn't feel right, what's going on? And asking myself that question. And I just like working in small groups. I like intimacy. I like my alone time, and this ha this lets me like feel comfortable and make the best things I can make. That's I awesome. Think. <laughs> so that's good to find uh, to be able to do what you love in such a way that you're comfortable and you know it pays you back not only monetarily but also just like emotionally. And yeah. it's the ultimate life hack, where yes. you don't actually have a job. You're, you're <laughs> always doing something you enjoy. Therefore, it's not really work. I feel like that, and I'll say, we were talking about parents before this podcast, yeah. Dr. Parents, yeah. and uh, <laughs> Barry Miskin, shout out in case you're out there, but <laughs> the father of the first girl I dated in high school one time, we accidentally met at a pizza place mm -hmm. when I was just watching a movie with someone else, and he was like, hey, Cody, you want anything? I said, sure, yeah. So we sat down to eat pizza together, and he looked at me and he said, how old are you? I said, 50, God, dude. Shout out to this guy for saying this, because this actually like shaped my life a little bit. But he said, I said, 15. He goes, okay, you've had 15 minutes of life. In another 15 minutes, you're going to be 30. And in another 15, you'll be halfway through your life if you're lucky. Hmm. And he was specifically talking to me about music, which was crazy to me, because every father should not like that their daughter is dating a musician. Like, <laughs> For good reasons. It's a stereotype. For good reasons. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. And in that, I was just like, this is crazy, this dude. And he would he would just, like, always encourage me. And he was like, listen, dude, like, if you really love it, what he said to me at that conversation was, the money will come. If you love what you're doing more than most other people doing it, other people will see that in you, and the money will come as a side effect of you following that. And he was fucking right, man. And it took me over a decade to actually believe him, because the whole world tells wow. you otherwise. The it whole does. world tells you to go to college and get a job and streamline your life and do something followable, right? But like, it, it took a few, there were a few figures, like three or four people in my life who really like showed me that like, that's not what it has to be. And so thank you to them. They were all wow. older. I'm using that. That is fantastic. 15 minutes. Uh, what? Well, because then you start thinking you in like. In like, minutes. Dude. Is, like, shit. Oh, shit. He gave me books on Taoism, Buddhism. Like, he, he got me on like a what lot of guy? The, Like, what does he do? He's a heart surgeon. 
what? And oh. they make like that's poetic. I guess. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, <laughs> he, he make trips and do free surgeries in South America for like two months of this year. Wow. Like, dude was just like an angel. Like, <laughs> what a person, man. Yeah, man. My first experience with special needs kids was he had a daughter um, with cerebral palsy, and oh. he let me teach her private piano lessons for like a year or so. So that was also kind of my first look into that world before I actually taught it at a later date. So a lot of really positive stuff. Are you still friends with that guy? Uh, no, but I did run into him. At, my mom took me to some event at the mall when I was back home uh, years ago, and he was there representing Jupiter Medical Center, which is like where he does his surgeries. And I was like, Barry Miskin! And he hugged and like the whole thing, and it was really, really cool. But yeah, dude, that guy, that guy really like. Even when you look into the Buddhism stuff, man, it like it makes you think about death more, which no one in American culture talks about. Dude, in other countries, they have classes in school about death and like what it is and psychologically what it does to people, how to the mourning process, the, how to deal with it, the whole nine. We don't talk. No one ever talked to me about death. It's a taboo up. subject. I feel like a lot of our behavior now is shaped by our, our fear of death. I like, think so too. Of wise, it goes back to. I'm gonna die soon, probably. You know what I mean? Like, it's just I feel like that conversation is irresponsible as a, like a culture that we don't talk about it at all. We kind of avoid it, if anything. We try I agree. to and we try to avoid it at all costs too. Like, it's and people aren't prepared for it when it happens. Of course. And R- I like, R.I.P. to the duck. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out oh, to the duck. Yo, what was the name of, of Ducky? What is your duck? Lenny. You name him Lenny. Hey, so just a quick side note. We just want to say rest in peace to our duck Lenny. Um, didn't last very long. Don't know what happened. A lot of question marks. We're not going to that. Goddamn ducks. <laughs> didn't make it. How long did you have the duck for, Natty? Five days. Jeez. Oh no. Okay. Well. I also attached. It was like my goddamn son. She, she tried her best. But, I did. Uh, Another one by some best guys. Um, <laughs> First animals. animal that has ever died on me, though. That is something I'm proud of. I've hey, raised like chickens. That she's willing to speak about. No, I've raised like chickens <laughs> and I've raised <laughs> dogs and cats and I've watched kids. Nobody has died on me. That's so, goddamn done. You threw me under the bus. That's good. So. <laughs> threw me, threw oh. me right under the bus. I was not emotionally prepared for it at all. My bad. <laughs> we're just talking, we're talking about it. But, no, you're uh, good. Death. I, I was saying, like thinking about death so much, I think also did shape my my worldview into like uh, I gotta do some shit I really like while I'm here because I'm not gonna be here. And no one knows how long they're gonna be here for. No one knows. So like, dude, I know someone put up like a. It's so silly, but someone put up a meme on on Instagram. I saw the other day, and I've seen a couple people post this, but it's like, why am I worrying so much when like I have the rest of my life to figure out what what it is? And it's like, you no, don't. you don't. Yeah. Like no one does, and we don't know that. That's the truth. Is we just don't know. Yeah. And I think when you really sit with that for long enough, it, it inevitably propels you into like choosing things you actually give a fuck about. Just cause. Or it gives you my anxiety. <laughs> At first. <laughs> yeah, for sure. At first. It's in your relationship with the topic, you know? I talk to my mom about it a lot, and she's very spiritual. And um, I know Mia and Anime talked about it a few episodes ago about how last year I kind of chose to live like a retired life. I like pretend I'm just 65 years old, I'm retired. And I restructured my schedules and my business and everything around the concept that I'm just basically retired to just enjoy and go for walks and go glamping in the middle of a week and just like go on trips and work with clients I like. And it really changed kind of my perspective on the way you kind of run your business or you lead your life, just making things easier and like enjoying. Yeah. And not waiting until you're 65 or 55 to enjoy your life. I listened to an audiobook called The 4-Hour Workweek, which mm. I feel like you're probably familiar yes, with. Oh, yeah, I've read yeah. That. yeah. So, yeah. like, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, right. you can totally do that. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, it's cool. I think a lot of... I don't know. I, I wish there were more people out there telling kids when they're younger, like, yo, if you care about something enough... Make it your passion. Yeah, Just it keep that. following it, dude. Like, stop it. Like, don't be distracted by all this nonsense. And obviously, it takes you have to be in a 
good situation with like there's a lot of environmental stuff that goes into that or we can create the place that we like make mandatory for all kids to go like public schools to cater to their talents and their interests imagine that we just I'm like literally I'm like dude I don't care about half the things like you know what I mean like we are losing so much potential I see. Like, someone's a genius is just But here's the problem. Public years. schools were designed to create workers by, like, corporations to, like, make those little worker ants for people to you know fill out the system. It actually came from Germany. Probably. The, so, was it Germany? No, no. It was Prussians. Prussians. So, Germany invaded Prussia and they lost. And so, they created a school system to where they're like, hey... We realized our soldiers have too much individuality, so they were like, "We need to create more un- like unions, uniform. like more uniform." And like, so he came up with an education system to where you know people sit in order, there's uniform, and everyone has to raise their hand, blah blah blah. And three years later, they actually beat him back. Oh, was it Napoleon? They beat back whoever it was. Prussia, though, where they beat back. So yeah. someone from the U.S. from 19, 18 something took that idea and brought it to U.S. and to help with our situation, and it's never changed it. And so yeah. everyone goes to school, and we're just. Yeah, and there's no identity, pretty much. And um, Soviet Union, yeah, my mom's like schooling system so different. Even when I was younger, and I started first grade, um, I did kindergarten in Russia. Then when I moved here, I did first grade. Here's the craziest thing: in kindergarten in Russia, I was doing like advanced mathematics for like America. In America, I started doing this like in sixth grade. In Russia, you do it in kindergarten. It's like the whole x equals five equals something. I went one, two. I'll get some tea, y'all. I'll get some tea. They caught me right hand against some tea. Shout out to 813 Tequila for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's delicious. And I was a reading, writing, writing in cursive. This was kindergarten. Like, yeah. here, first grade, they gave me a bowl of like Skittles and granola and sat me to watch TV. Right. And I was like, what what the fuck is this? It's, it's Even when I was little, <laughs> tears, that was what the yeah. And my mom, when she was in school, they would learn how to sew, how to do woodwork, how to make a fire, survive medical. in nature, build a house. Uh, basically, <laughs> no, they really were. They were taught like all the life skills you could possibly ever need for anything. Life skills. Cooking. Huge word. <laughs> <laughs> like basic life skills. Here they don't they don't teach that. Or it's like a special course that you have to go to like a special school. And I don't think I did any real schoolwork. And when we would go back to Russia, my mom would take me to like Russian tutors mm. and they would give me things that would prepare me for like the next year and a month. And I just skated by school, and everybody's like, oh, you don't study, you're just brilliantly smart. I'm like, no. When I was little, my mom actually taught me stuff, and I actually <laughs> went to a school that taught me how to do math, and that's why I'm good at math. <laughs> and I didn't wait till like, ninth grade to start doing algebra. Yeah. Like, in Russia, you do algebra in, like, the first, second grade. And the schooling system is so drastically different here than it is in Russia. Yeah. And when my mom was younger, it was so drastically different. <laughs> like... They were doing, like, medical training in schools. Mm. And they were doing, like, advanced chemistry and advanced biomedicals. And it's like, all the doctors. And, <laughs> like, advanced stuff. And here, it's like the system, the 12 years felt like a waste. Like, my last two years in high school just felt like a waste. I remember thinking yeah. a lot, why am I learning this? I remember thinking those words a lot in school for a good reason like there <laughs> I was learning shit that I wasn't interested in and that's and like there was stuff the that I was well, history it's, of it's Florida for a year to some extent I mean, at that point because like you said you're like you're dimming out like the lights of these yeah. children it's repetitive for a long time like, yes. and, and it doesn't change there's no space for you to do the thing that you want to do yeah you have it's to carve it out curriculum. yourself you have to go find yeah yeah. I think I took biology like three years in a row Jesus. and I think we did the same exact shit I remember making those little plant molecules out of clay in like 11th grade my mom was like what are you doing? I'm like, this is an actual project. They're making me play with clay. She's like, you did this in first grade, right? In Russia, I'm like, yep, <laughs> have to play with clay. Um, I think that's so wild. I think the whole schooling system is so wild. It is. Actually, I have a, a kind of a follow-up question. Um, you mentioned something, is education of life, right? So you mentioned something about Buddhism, Taoism, 
Is there a spiritual system or a belief that you like cling to that resonates with you? No. No. <laughs> uh, world religion. Enough. You like the world religion. <laughs> I like nature. Mm. I like understanding how to tame my mind and how to allow it to be free while also guiding it, right? And a lot of these things are teachings that they have in these religions or fields of thinking, however you want to say philosophies. Uh, but never have I came across one that at a certain point I went didn't go like this makes no fucking sense. Like they <laughs> they all have loopholes. They all have contradictions in them if you look far enough into them. So I've pulled from a lot of them uh, and I've learned a lot from them. But to, to me, it's no different than listening to a record and learning that person's life perspective. It's no different than reading I Tom Robbins. Like, I know your religion. What? Your religion is the student. Yeah, right. Like, I'm just... I'm My just, favorite. <laughs> I want to... I'm trying to I get like, closer. Give me more. I, I, list, I love... No, it's, it's, go ahead. Then what you say? I was going on a rant right there. But go ahead. You know. I kind of want the rant too. <laughs> <laughs> you, can have, you can have both. I, I love knowledge and understanding. I just love like I have so many questions. I have yeah. so many questions and they never go away. You tell me about your shirt where it came from. I'm gonna ask you like five follow-up questions. It just happened to you, B. Oh, there's someone else here, by the way. She just hi. on the side. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> She's an artist. She's dope. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. So like. That's, we kind of the same like outlook on that in terms of like belief systems or whatever. Dude, I really, I don't know why, but like, I do know why. I'm confused mm. in this world. I'm fucking confused, <laughs> With man. good reason. And because of it, I'm looking for truth. Like, I'm looking time. for things that are authentic and I'm trying to dig through the what the seems like vast amount of bullshit <laughs> so that I can see these like nuggets of and I don't know that there is like perfect truth or a truth or whatever but I do think that like I don't know re reading and learning perspectives has led me to live more fulfilled and the, have more empathy is worth it yeah, like... If anything, I know that pursuit is worth it. It's never failed me. Like, right. e even in the moments where I'm like, oh, that's hard to look at, it's still reality. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to look at all of... That. For me, like, I feel like I have to look at all of this and at least go, okay, that exists. Mm -hmm. And, like, think it through for, for a moment. And it, uh... I don't know. I think, like, music's great and it's sensory pleasure you know and mm -hmm. it like oh the beat's nice and all of this and i love all of that it's great but like i feel like what i've really gotten out of it is understanding very intimate perspectives of people that i will never meet about things that they might not even ever say to anyone else mm -hmm. like people will, will write things in lyrics and in books that they'll never say to another person because mm. they'd sound crazy or like they sure. the person would be worried about them or mm. whatever it is <laughs> and it's uh mm. interesting that we have that like like that dichotomy that that extra yeah like whatever that <laughs> instinct is to like okay i gotta put this down but like it's not gonna be to someone like it's i'm gonna write it down alone mm. That's always interested me. Why did, like, who that figure in the world, why did this person choose to not go be out with people or be making money or whatever the fuck it is? They chose to sit there and write something. Like, that's very confusing because if, if you're thinking about survival or resources, like, you don't do that. Right. <laughs> you're not going to yeah. sit what down. What that play role? Like, yeah, it goes against your instincts. But it's huge and, like, Obviously, there's a shit ton of money that it comes from with the masses. arts. So yeah, and I yeah, think I that's think what it is. You do that for like the survival of your mind, <laughs> or, or, yeah. or your spirit, even, or your soul, whatever word you want to pick. But it's it's literally like not a reckoning, but you're, you're trying to like understand. I think it's like an understanding. I think it's like you're trying to put things in perspective. So like you just gotta. There's like a a heroism to like the artist. You know what I mean? Like the person who just. Cause in a weird way, it's like an act of rebellion because the world is as it is and everyone's doing this thing. And then out of nowhere, this one person or a group of persons just come out and like decide to invent like a whole new, like, I don't know, what's the word for it? Not invention, not a dialogue, not a 
I guess we guess what we call it art. I guess the word is art. <laughs> you create a piece of art, and then like it, it's just like I feel like new style maybe. Is even I, I don't even expression is like uh, unique. Like that's what expression is. Like it's coming from like a very unique situation. Like sure. everyone's different. So if this person's like, expressing. You're not gonna get that everywhere. Like that's just what this person's doing. Like yeah. if it's authentic, at least you know. Like if you're trying to mimic your favorite rapper or singer or whatever. Then like you, you gonna sound like them. And but I if do. You, <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all do. We had a talk one time. Remember, I said one of my favorite quotes was Miles Davis. He said, "It took me years to learn to play like myself," and I was like, "Damn! Like what a statement, dude! Like it's." It's like a rebellion. It's like you, you kind of, you know what's good and you know what you have to do, but then you eventually in a journey, you learn what you want to do. And that's the art and that's powerful. And I'm like, yes. that's the rebellion. Yes. Like it's important for every spirit to like find their own voice Yeah. in this whole situation. The beautiful thing too is like once you find that, everything else starts mattering less. Ooh. In my experience, <laughs> at least. There's a great Picasso quote I'll throw at you. So what's up? Picasso known for like his blues, right? Mm-hmm. The blue period, all of that kind of stuff simplest quote ever and I love this if I don't have blue I take red <laughs> he didn't like it, he just I happened to that. be in the blue for a minute dude. it wasn't like oh my god he, it was that was an act you know like in the, I love it that. Was his, like, to me it's like dude, he's he has the mission in his head already and it's not really dependent anymore on his tools or his environment or whatever like it's it's there so he'll get there and I that to Damn. me that's the heroism in it is it's like that's when, the hero when you're that bent and like fixated on like the thing that like you're you're going for and it's in goodwill like no one can really fuck with you man like <laughs> you really yeah. like you know so this world needs more heroes that's all we're saying <laughs> I think so I hope to get there one day right. you know I feel like that but let me ask you man do you have any like I know you as like I always see in the music and we, we we go out we drink we party we have fun right yeah do you have any hobbies <laughs> yeah. do you have any hobbies outside of creation outside of music and all? yeah man I love playing tennis get <laughs> out of here you do that I what play... I do too I played tennis really? for like three four years why yeah, am I just go. learning I didn't know that about, about anyone in the room <laughs> like this is new information I love tennis I'll and play... racquetball oh, you ready for this it. shit my, I'm gonna fuck up the number but my mother and father like when they were together as a kid mm-hmm. they were like forty or thirty something in the state of Florida for tennis doubles. Get out of here. My, my parents are athletes, like through and through, man. Wow. They're like built and like Damn. ready for it. I, I just have for the smoke, yo. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. So I uh, I go play with Jorge, my, mm-hmm. my dude who I do music with. He mm-hmm. pl- he grew up playing tennis in high school, so we got every once in a while. <laughs> I took, I you know some funny. I took tennis lessons in elementary school. Yeah, that's as far as it went though. I we should go hit, man. It'd be fun. I, it's, I gotta learn my backhand. I gotta learn everything back again. I'll walk you through. Yeah, it. yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's a good time. It is. Okay. We should go play. I'm always do you want to go play sometime? Yeah, let's do it. I'm always down for free exercise and vitamin D, baby. Yeah, get some sun. Um, I used to have a good friend, um, and we would play racquetball every day before class during our master's, Sam. Oh. Sam, yeah. Samir would play all the time. I didn't know that about him either. Yeah. Well, he didn't like it. I forced him to to play racquetball. (laughs) He wanted to play basketball. Uh, I play basketball, too, but I get too aggressive, so I try not to play. Because, like, I played one time with, like... setting inappropriate picks. No, like, I played one time, and I knocked this girl down, and, like, after the moment, I'm like, oh, shit, my bad. I didn't mean to, like, knock you down. That was rude of me. me (laughs) Like, in the moment, I'm like... (laughs) God damn, I'm gonna fuck everybody up. So I don't like, I get too competitive. So I don't do basketball. Well, I'm glad there, there will be a net between us yes. and tennis. So no, and tennis, I'm calm. calmer. Yeah, exactly. I'm calmer with the tennis. Line of the, <laughs> basketball is too much division. contact sport for me. But, cool, cool. Um, I do love tennis. Yeah. You're a tennis player. Anything else? I I, tennis. I like reading a lot. That probably goes with all of the philosophy stuff. I really like reading. What's your I favorite book? A Clockwork Orange changed the way that I look at the world. Yeah? <clears throat> I don't know if it's my favorite, but it did that. One of my favorite authors, <sighs> Tom Robbins. Okay. I've never been infatuated by words the way that I am with him. It doesn't matter what it's about. Tom Robbins. Makes no fucking difference. The, the way that he's stringing words together and describing things, 
sounds good. I'm gonna write that. Some might look at as like masturbatory because it's like he's definitely so good at his craft that he's like playing with it. But dude, I read it and I'm like, you are having so much fun by yourself. This is erotic. (laughs) It's oh man, I just it's like it is erotic. Stimulus. I just see someone so deep in their craft that they're like. They don't care if playing. anybody reads it, right? They're just playing now and they're having fun. That's and awesome. I'm like, you are saying incredible shit. There's a, there, <laughs> I remember there's a paragraph where he describes a canary being yellow. And like the, I don't remember the verbiage, but I read that shit seven times in a row because I was Yo, like, send me that or let me know where to find it. Uh, I, I ha- Half asleep in frog pajamas by Tom Robbins. You get text that Also yeah, changed my perspective on fortune telling. I thought that was complete bullshit, and then he kind of explained the psychology of what's happening, and I went, oh, that's why people. It's all do in the same this. book. Yes. Very, very erratic okay. stories. I, I One of the characters is a fortune teller in that book, oh, so okay. she's explaining her. Great stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, tennis, reading. I meditate every morning. I love that. Uh, oh, and the, my favorite thing right now to do, I'll, I don't know if this counts as a hobby, but in the middle of the day, I work on the computer all day, right? So, like, I do what I love. It's mixing. It's music. I fucking hate working on the computer. So, <laughs> it's great. You're doing it, Yeah, I'm going to deal with it till I die, but, mm. like, I don't like sitting in front of the computer. So, like, four hours in, around noon or one, we've gone for the past two or three days, but I have a scooter and the beach is 10 minutes away and I take it to the beach and I get in the water and swim for like 10, 15 minutes and I come back and I keep working and dude, my energy level and my productivity and everything has skyrocketed since I've started allowing myself to do that. Yeah, and I say allowing myself because in my head I'm like, oh no, that's gonna take so much time. I could just work on this, but dude, I'm telling you, the fucking the end product is better because I allowed myself to walk away for a second and do something that has Church. nothing to do with that's awesome. what, what's at hand. So that's my favorite right now is going and swimming. Yeah, that's such a blessing <laughs> to be able to do that. I think a lot of people, right, are stuck. That's why people going to Florida, honestly, just to yeah. be able to do stuff like that. But no one takes advantage of it like he is, because you're actually incorporating it into your workday, which I, is brilliant. Awesome. I didn't as a kid either. I hated the beach. Like I, I didn't understand oh, wow. what it was, you know. Yeah. And like now I just like, I like water nature. tastes terrible. Itchy and all the preppy people go to the beach <laughs> and like all the things. But <clears throat> now I just go by myself. I swim a little bit, and it's. It's like the best part of my day sometimes. The water is very recharging. It like <sighs> takes away your negativity and any worry and it like recharges you. It's just like the salt it has a lot of like electrolytes and it like basically recharges you. Yeah, yeah. I have another reason why the ocean does that. And it's kind of the same reason why a mountain or a forest would do the same thing. It's because it's actual reality. Like Everything else you're doing in life is pretty much made up. It's like in the matrix. <laughs> when you go outside, none of that shit matters. No one cares. The trees are what, you, what you're thinking about. You know what I mean? So yeah. you go in a body of water. You can die right now, literally. No one cares about you. This is real. So you can literally sit there and just be yourself. There's no one looking for anything. There's no expectation. It's true, Exist. man. Exist. I think it's with, with the examples you gave with mountains and forests and all this, I've had similar emotional reactions to standing in front of anything that's that big like there's like a there's also this feeling of like oh shit everything i thought mattered so much like this is like so much bigger i don't have time and doesn't give a fuck i'm so enamored by like like i went to colorado dude and like no matter where we went and this is crazy so people gonna flutter like oh palm trees and oak trees oh my god i'm like did you go to colorado I went there like three times already, man. Oh wow, we just went there a few months ago. Dude, that's that's my spot. Yeah, it's, is it it's, nice? It's I've dope, never been. man. Like, hundred percent. It's legal. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> anyway, no matter where you're going to Colorado, your background is a postcard. It's just a mountain with snow sometimes, or it, it's literally <laughs> yeah. a, a portrait. It's like, dude, and no one looks at it that lives there because they're used to it. But I'm like, this is every day you have a mountain just in the background. Oh my god. Yep. And I just, everything was different, man. I didn't have time to think about what was going on in life. I'm like, yo, this is a, yeah. my, <laughs> it's a my, my senses are going crazy right now. And the yeah. air is better because it's, I don't know if it's cold or climate. I don't know what it is. More it's just oxygen. clearer. 
Less city? I don't know. More vegetation? Okay, well. I feel the same when I go to like South Carolina or um, Tennessee. Hmm. It's the mountains, there's more trees, it's less populated, more oxygen. I haven't voluntarily caught myself breathing deeper when I'm in places like that. Take it with you. Because it feels feels good to breathe. The air feels better. Here I breathe because I breathe. (laughs) Out of necessity. Here you gotta breathe out of necessity. Oh, I want more of that. Out there, yeah, yeah. Whenever I go to like so parks, right, you you find yourself like just taking deeper breaths and like yeah. enjoying the air more. Yeah, it's nice. It is. It but is. yeah, we never know what we have, right? No, no we, we go don't. somewhere else. No, we don't. Right, I agree. And there's yeah. so much more to see, which is why I hope we all like gain forces and like conquer the world. So, <laughs> all right, let me ask you another question. Where do you see yourself in the future, man? Like, I know you're going somewhere and. You're very philosophical, so I wonder if there is no end game. You know, that's a good answer too. But my first answer, oh, good. But I, I want you to give me to give it to me in your perspective. My first answer is future. <laughs> Please tell me someone watches SpongeBob in this room. Everyone watches. SpongeBob. Okay, good. That's my first answer. My second answer is. Uh, I did did an exercise that I would recommend to anyone and everyone, and I heard it in a Tyler, the Creator interview after hearing it in a podcast like the day before. So I was like, I need to do this shit. But the exercise is you sit down and you draw a picture of yourself. Mm. I draw stick figures because I don't know how to fucking draw, but (laughs) you draw a picture of yourself in an ideal, where would you be right now if you could have anything you wanted? And you allow yourself to not stop yourself because of, oh, well, this is money or this is that, or like whatever the fucking, like the breaks that you have in your head or the walls, you dissolve them for a second and you draw this picture, right? So my last picture (laughs) was a house with some towers in it. I don't know what the fuck that was, but Sean and I have been talking about, this is great for now, but we're already actively looking at other homes in St. Pete because we want to have two full-size studios, a live room so that we can do live bands. Sean is the other half of Stereogram, by the way. He's an engineer. Sean Buchek, other half of Stereogram, visual artist. Jean Buchek. Jean Von Buchek. He does the lights for King Complex as well. He's a wizard with technology. Um, And... Yeah, so I did this exercise, and there was, like, a dog and a girl and, like, all of the things. There was a pool big for me for the swimming, you know what I mean? So I did that, and I I looked at it, and I wrote down what it really was, you know, the things. And honestly, man, the thing that made me realize at first is, like, these are all extras. There's nothing I'm looking for that I don't have that I really... For a while there in life, it was like, I need time. I need time to work on music. Mm -hmm. And now that I have the time... A lot of that anxiety has gone away. So, like, all of that stuff, I was like, wow, this would all be cool and nice, but it's not going to change my life. Like, it's just nice. It's nice stuff. So, basically, the idea of the exercise is you draw yourself in this idealized way, and then you reverse engineer the steps you'd have to take to get there. And the reason they tell you to do this this way is if you go, oh, I want a Grammy, and I want to be a millionaire, and I want to live in a mansion with a pool. It's very difficult for me to write the steps for me right now. <laughs> That's not what I want. That was just a very, like, yeah. if I was a teenager, that would be what, what I say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, 16-year-old Cody, that would be his idea of this. And then to make the steps towards that, it's, it's impossible, right? Yeah. But if you look at it and go, all right, what is it actually that I want? And, like, how are the, what are the things I can how do, do I get to get there? It actually feels really relieving, I think. For me, at least, it did. And I think the biggest part was, like, damn, I don't really have anything I feel like I don't, like, need. If I said that right. Like, there, there's nothing I need that I don't have. Like, I'm already kind of, like, doing it. So... It was nice in that way, and it, uh, I guess to answer your question, like, <laughs> a pool and a dog <laughs> and, like, a, a bigger studio, as supposedly, right? But it, uh, I don't know. And then career-wise, I do want to work with higher-level artists. Like, there are people that I admire, like, the Kendrick Lamars of the world, who, like, I'd love to be in a room with, you know? Uh, but that, I think, is just going to come from the persistence that I already have in doing the craft that I That's do. The so I with me. Yeah. Um, very interesting um someone asked me something very similar it was really about stocks they were telling me about they're like 
talking about investing to me. And it was like, so you have a company? I'm like, yeah, what about it? They go, do you think you're going to ever make a billion dollars and become like a, you know, what's it? What? Publicly traded. 500, what's it? Fortune 500. Fortune 500 company yeah. with billions of dollars. Like, do you think you can honestly do that with your company? I said, yes. And they go, so you think that you could da 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 Tone changes a little bit. They pretty much said the same thing, and I just said, simply, I went, yes. And they go, the point was, well, I should just invest money in companies that already put the legwork and time and years into it, and they can grow my money for me instead of me going. And I was like, yeah, I know that, too. I'm like, but I am fully convinced that I can do it myself. I said, do I want to do it is the question you should be asking me. And the answer is, hell no. Ever want to work that hard for anything? That's so much. You know, I mean, years of your life you got to give to that shit. So, bro, that's such a distinction that people dude, don't think about. I know, I'm like, bro. Like do you questions. really want to go through that smoke, dude? That's a yeah. lot of effort, dude. I'm like, I, I, a lot of I'm a duck in the pond, dude. I want to relax. I don't, don't want to be anything. a duck in this room, bro. Not next to Nadia, but <laughs> rest in peace. Oh, cold, to Lenny, cold, was it Lenny? I'm cold sorry. blooded. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's fired. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> But with love. what you just said about drawing this picture of like this, this peak version of yourself and then you reverse engineer it, I feel like if anyone really does that and go, yo, this is what you have to do probably to get to there. Yeah. I feel like if someone is faced with that reality, they'll be like, man, that's that's serious. Like, you got to work on this 12 hours a day. You got to do It's like some crazy plan. I'm like, dude, I don't want any of that for my life. I don't know how long I have. I'm not trying to do that for like 12 hours a day. I want to enjoy. I want to dance. I want to play. I yeah. want to sing. Like, I don't want to do any of that shit, bro. You dance? Yeah. What? 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 Yeah, I went to a wedding movie, right? I've seen them. Yeah, we all dance. I get down, dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. I gotta wear a knee brace now, but hey, I, I still got it. <laughs> More than most, I would say. More than most, you dance. Yeah. Thank you. Kill it. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, what I was, my whole point was, what do you see for the future? Is like, what do you want for your future? Is probably the better way to ask that. Ah, right. Oh, so you use the story to get to the. Yeah. Your answer got me to that question. So. Cool. You don't have to answer that. You kind of did already. Yeah, I think I think I most most mostly did, but it's like a. That's that's a that's a cool, a cool way to think about it. Yeah. It's funny how many people will assume that what you want is money when they ask you those questions. Like, that trips I'll take me it out if you a lot me, of the time. I like it. So much I do for it though. Like, right. Like, yeah. It's a limit for me. Like, me too. And like, food is enough for me. I, if I have good food, I'm 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 chilling. That's how I started. Not a lot of money, but the food was always awesome. So yeah. I'm happy with great food and friends to share it with. Honestly, so that's yeah, my thing. Man. Give me money, I buy food with the guys. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so, let me get to it. Let me sum all this up. So, uh, if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Oh. Uh, as we dive deep into the mind of Sonola. <laughs> <laughs> that question is loaded. That is loaded. That's a hard question to answer. Do you, you have an answer for that, Nadia, for yourself? <sighs> about the world? Yeah, what would you change about it? There's so many things I would change about one, the world. One thing. One you get thing. the one. You I, get a genie, it gives you one, one wish. You wish for more genies, of course. That's of course. always the answer, yeah, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want 70 more genies. 70, please. I need, I need to get this right. <laughs> Um, no, I don't think I have an answer for that. I've, I think I've, I've got an answer, but it's it's like it be the it's a loaded answer too. But like, I hope this doesn't sound bad. But it's it's but somewhere between educating children about the realities of life and the things that we know mm-hmm. about how we function and the horrible parts of history and the great parts of history mm-hmm. and just. <laughs> giving them a little like hey welcome to the world this is what has happened and this is how your body and your brain work that yes. would have been really nice go forth and we have the information I know so like it's frustrating to me that that doesn't happen it's somewhere between that and killing off all of the people who are too old to understand how <laughs> delicate <laughs> the world is I just and I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. That's wisdom, but, man. It's funny. It's so well, funny. I, 
I think there there reaches a certain point where like you can try, but like when there's people like who are like serial murderers or rapists or things like this, it's like oh, sure. we don't need those no. people in this world, man. It's too delicate of a world to, to deal it's, with politicians. It's, it's, it's too things. irreparable. So I think it's between they're really the same answer. It's like once you get so old that you're like you can't go back, like, okay, it was fuck we tried. But also when we're young, I think we could do a lot better to not make people the people that we have to kill off. Yeah, there you go. I think those are really good answers. I, I feel like we need younger presidents and younger rulers. Like, I think yeah. if you're, like, past 40, 40, you should not be president. You're out of touch with life. 40? That'd be cool. 40? 40's not That's too old. young. Oh, that's that's, that's me in seven 40 years. 40 to 50? In seven years, I can't be a president? Nope. I'm probably, that's it. I'll you be cut off. Pre- I would be a better off. president in seven years than I am right now. Right now, I'd be a, a terrible president. Probably. I feel like Maybe, it's just too high of it. I think it's 42, 40 plus right now. Yeah, I think you have to be 40 60, plus to be 60, president. 60. No, you have no, to be 40 no, plus. Nothing beyond 60 still. There's a lot. Of, I know some sharp 60 year olds. I don't do that. Right. We got to do a case by case. Mm, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I feel like they need a really, really strong evaluation process that they do not have now. Like the past two presidencies should not have happened at all. It's the whole thing is a TV show to me. I don't know. It is. <laughs> it should be a TV show. Here's a crazy I would choose Kardashian. I, I wish Kanye thing. became president. The last I'm two presidents so should have happened. Shouldn't have happened. Because it's a reflection of who we are. Ugh, but they're so terrible. How can it be anyone else? I know. We need to do better. It's not about who we pick, it's who we are. That's what needs to change. It's not about our choices, I promise you. It's, I know, all the good candidates. And the best thing about your answer was to sum up your answer, what you want, the one thing that you would change in the world is the course of humanity. Yeah. You would change, it literally, because we, we're kind of doing this weird, I don't know, I mean, we're, we're working out things that were passed on as traditions, and like, we just don't, we're not really addressing them, but you're saying, hey, man, we have a better version of ourselves, and we can change the course on this thing, like, just make a left, you know, like, let's go this way. And it's brighter, it's a better, it's a scenic route, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we can take the better version of, like, the future, if we really decide to, and there's a way to... I think that's what I heard when you said what you said. Exactly. It's so possible, and there's so many situations in which, like, you can actually look at the there's enough money to end world hunger, right? Seriously. But it's not happening. And it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, like We don't even understand the incentive of that. Like why people are like, why would I do that? I'm like, what are you asking? Like, like what do you mean why would you do that? Why aren't we doing that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> What's the reason for the alternative? Like I don't know that this should go like I don't know how much longer we have it. I don't want to push we don't it. Like have a limit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of crazy, but this theory that my friend Morgan said to me one time that I had not considered before, but it was basically that like, I do not subscribe to this or think it's true. <laughs> Something real about to happen, yeah. But I've seen enough that I'm like, oh, fuck, what if that's what's happening? But it's essentially that like, put political affiliation aside, religious association, like, all of the like things we identify with, put them aside. All the masks, remove them. There are empathetically minded people and there are sociopathically minded people. Mm. And it's a gradient scale, is basically the idea. When you look at, we're gonna be the boss podcast funny enough, but when you look at, I ended up reading a book on this, CEOs of companies rate Mm -hmm. way further on the fucking sociopathic scale because you have to lack empathy to be able to tell someone, fuck off, fuck your family, you have no money anymore. (laughs) Like, there's, it takes a certain level of like, I'm not that guy. I could not deliver that news to someone because I would care about the person too much. They're giving the so, package at very minimal. And I, I use the word <laughs> have to like, it's not really a have, but in the way things are set up, like there's someone who they have, quote unquote, to do that as part of their job. And it was just really interesting because it, it basically looked at like job situations and how the higher you try to move up in power dynamic the more sociopathically minded those people tend to be mm-hmm. and see that correlation i just i wonder if that's what's happening between the presidencies and everything it's like are there really just enough people that are sociopathically minded and then people that are mm-hmm. empathetically minded and that's the, yeah. the clash i've of met all of so this. many people who don't have any like emotional intelligence yeah they're just yikes like as as a person, they're yikes. Sure. Um, and yeah, I've met a lot more of those than I have empathetic people uh, that aren't yikes. Yeah. So. I've, I've seen, when I see that phenomenon in people, I don't know if I train my mind to do this, but all I see is like insecurity and fear. I think it takes great strength and bravery to be empathetic. 
or to be just to be vulnerable at all. Mm. This is love. And but there's always the other route where you close yourself off and you start you being more selfish. Yeah. And that's like a I guess an easier path for it in theory, but it's not because actually that's a very lonely and dark path and the symptoms show that, like the way you treat people, the way people treat you, the way like who do you have around you on your birthday? Like how are like what is your position in the world really? You might have all this power and assets or whatever, but like do you have any respect? Does anyone like want to be around you? Like it comes at a terrible cost when you become closed off from like the world like your, your peers you know what yeah. I mean and so but that person's afraid and honestly in, in, in a weird way that person needs the most love not that they deserve it but they, <laughs> they, they that's that's their prescription yeah they need a hug probably like then hey come back home man uh, we get it you know like just come back we right. got you we love you we'll take you in just try you know what I mean like let it go you just said exactly the words that I read <clears throat> in a Miyazaki book uh, the animator Miyazaki he was writing about his earlier films that he was directing and animating and he basically said if you want to find bad in the world easiest thing you could do easiest thing turn on the news mm. go to a bad part of town mm. like it's you could you could do it and we could do it in ten minutes if we really wanted to. I saw a shooting at a tennis court that I played at two weeks ago. You told me about. It. Saw the gun. Had to tell a group of kids to run yep. away. Ran inside a community center. Like it's out there, right? If you look for it, it's there right now, guaranteed. Louder. Okay. <laughs> That's probably part of it. Uh, but he said the the more difficult thing and the heroic thing to do is to seek good in the world because if you seek that or knowledge or truth or information, right? If you're doing that then you're helping to make it more difficult to find bad <laughs> in the world, more or less. Uh, shit, there was that. Because you, you basically said those words. I said, Miyazaki, there was one other thing that made me think of. I lost it. Oh. Lost in the sauce. Lost in the sauce. Happens to the best of us. Well, do you have any further questions, Nadi Light? I don't think so. I was going to ask you what is your creative process for writing music, new music, but just learning more about you and you speaking your truth, I kind of, like, have an idea. <laughs> cool. You, 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 like, you like water. You're, like, you're a student. You like water. So I feel like you need, you don't need what you use inspiration from all around you. Different settings would bring out different things. Unless you want to add on that, go ahead. There's one cool thing that I found oh, okay. that I've learned that other people apparently do after <clears throat> being around enough people doing this, but I don't seem to have the ability to write words at face value it's too vulnerable for me to even look at myself so like when i write mm. lyrics always it's to an instrumental and i'm going like if it wasn't that it'd be true like it's gibberish and then i play it back and i end up hearing words in it and i read it and it's clearly about something but i have this weird way of like dissociating <laughs> it into existence and then actually going oh fuck that's what I'm thinking about but I can't just sit there and go I am feeling this way because of this time to write about it like it does not <laughs> let's get started yeah it doesn't happen like that that's so actually that's one thing I was really I almost about. forgot do you have a sweet 16 or 8 bars you can just drop just to, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, this is Sonola on the mic, y'all. And if you can, if you if you will, will you bless us or give us the honor to hear 16 or 8 bars that you feel is important to you? Something that you are really proud of, something you feel like, this is what I want to share with the world. I would freestyle with you, but no. I'm not, not freestyle, written. Some written. I know, that's, that, no. <laughs> oh, you can't, okay. You got it. And I know that's, for artists, that's, that's, that's like a... I'm still working on like that part of you're saying like hip hop like you said bars oh, right like, bars it can be sung, sung it's just you know lines stanzas whatever whatever you want to call it nothing comes to mind immediately or I, I should have warned you ahead of time or I would so you would it's have okay that prepared. Prepared. do you guys want to freestyle no no <laughs> We will get those 8 to 16 bars on the song that we make. Yes, I will do that. How about that? that right? I would love that. <laughs> That'd be fun. So we're going to go around Tampa interviewing artists, and somehow we're going to get them all on the same record. Same record? <laughs> I want to hear me. Are we doing all same record, or are we doing same Or same EP. I don't know. We'll figure it out. All, the song is going to be released before the interview, so you guys will oh, know snap. already. I'm just well, saying. 
Well, we okay. We'll see. You ready to promising first. this on every episode, so we better deliver. Sweet. <laughs> well, with that being said, thank you, Sonola, for having us here at the Stereogam Studios. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we part ways? To you, Sonola. I'm good. Thanks. That was really fun <laughs> and cool. I'm good. And like. Uh, for anyone listening, anime and I have conversations like this all the time. Seriously. And I wish there was a fucking mic going because a lot of it, we expelled a lot of the good stuff. The Remember the Cliff Madsen stories and yeah. how that connected to Gojo and things like this? Yeah. On the next episode. On the next episode. I, I like that you said that. Um, <laughs> um, no, there was something I was going to say when you just said that. Um, shoot. We, philo- we talk a lot, and I wish it was all on podcasts, is what I was saying. Ah, I don't remember what I was going to say. Always be recording. Dr. Madison, Gojo. That's <laughs> go, go, literally go, go. all the words that's I said. Not, that's that's not, literally all That's not it. Well, that's fine. Cool. That's okay. We will get another episode. All right. So with that being said, uh, you don't got to be the man. But you can always be the boss. Oh, boss, 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 boss. Thank you for listening. Oh, wait, wait. There it is. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find your stuff? My stuff! Plug it in, please. Oh, shit. Yes. We're so artistically minded, we don't right. figure this shit. Right. Uh, business stuff. Blah, blah, blah. My, <laughs> my studio Instagram is at Stereogramsound. There's a website, Stereogramsound.com, where you can hear what's probably the most recent mixes. And stereogram. Like, two words together. Stereogram. Like, music and drug weight. <laughs> <laughs> Not a coincidence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> King Complex is the band that I play drums and I sing in Amazing. at King Complex Music. We have shows coming up, I don't know when this comes out, in May in the Flir- at the Floridian and then in June at Janice Live. Ooh. I don't know when this comes out, but bigger venues, so I'm excited about Reach those. We'll, give you uh, we'll put the details on the link. And then my, my like personal one is at Sonola Music. I've got three records out under my own name. Uh, they're weird. It's weird stuff. But yeah, Stereogram, King Complex, Sonola there it is. We're gonna tag them all below. Alright, folks, thank you for listening. in the morning my teeth fell out